This is John for Chainsaw Buffet. This episode was recorded live at MTAC Odyssey. We'll be giving away an MTAC t-shirt signed by the guest we interviewed to one listener. Visit ChainsawBuffet.com forward slash MTAC for details on how to enter. Welcome back. We are the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast coming from Intact Odyssey. And extremely pleased to have sitting across from me, Travis Willingham and Laura Bailey. What up? What's up, man? Well, we'll go ahead and just jump straight into it. Um, what have you guys been doing recently? Some projects you can talk about. Oh, oh yeah. Assassin, some murder for hire, yeah. some prostitution. Oh, in the. Oh, oh. Uh, you mean voiceover. So, right. so how much for an hour? <laughs> I'm pretty expensive. I'm like 17,500 for domestic hits. International, <laughs> I can get a little higher. You know, maybe some six figures. Yeah, rates are always high. Yeah. 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 You know, charge for roaming. I charge for roaming. Oh. Yeah. Mm. You're a horrible player. Let's see. Well, um. <laughs> let's see. Near just came out for the PS3 and oh, for Xbox, right. yeah. and I played this awesome hermaphrodite named Tiny. <laughs> Fantastic! Um, she's Hot. totally awesome, and I haven't played the game yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It looks pretty cool. Um, Final Fantasy 13. I played Sarah in that, and um, Command and Conquer 4 just came out, and I played. Uh, if you're one of the good guys, I play your tank pretty much. I'm the voice of the electronic board. target. Artificial okay. intelligence in the game, yeah. <laughs> um. There's a lot of stuff that we're not allowed to talk about. Which is no fun. Which is no fun. Just ongoing shows. Yeah. Uh, Superhero Squad, uh, where I play the Hulk and a Human Torch. That wrapped up season one uh, recently, and we're working on season two right now, which is cool. Um, I was just going to say something else. I think. Oh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. We're recorded both, on that. Both doing our FMA roles again. Uh, what else? I don't know. What are the, I don't know. What are they I, doing? I forget. I don't, I don't know, know what they're doing. I don't know. Bleach and Naruto. Bleach and Naruto. Still working on those. Yeah. Lot of shows that we can't God, we, Yeah, we work on so many things and they make us sign these non-disclosure agreements. So we're all excited about them. We walk in the booth and they shove a piece of paper in our face. <laughs> and says, sign this. You get to shut up. <laughs> but it's really cool. Yeah, unfortunately. Now you've both done some on-camera work recently as well, correct? Not about recently, but we oh. both had our credits. I mean, you you you've done more on camera work lately. Yeah, than slightly. I have. Um, I was in the Guardian, which was a Coast Guard movie with. Kevin Costner and Ashton Kutcher. Um, I did Second End Lions with uh, Robert Duvall and Michael Caine and little Haley Joe Osmond. But you just did an episode of New Adventures of Old Oh, Christine. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I did the New and Adventures of Old And he just did an episode of Nip Talk where he was a transvestite, <laughs> yeah, was a which is pretty training. awesome. <laughs> I was a what? six foot eight trainee named Big James. With a red wig, baby. And some big old... Um, Endowments. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I got to be in an episode of Prison Break and um, well, a couple things. So, yeah, yeah. it's been good. You were in Mr. Brooks with, with Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. And, and um, Four Seats to the Wind, which mm-hmm. went to Sundance. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Different stuff. Good stuff. Um, just kind of take a step back a little bit. What led you to, to acting in the first place? Hyperactivity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Misplaced energy being bad at schoolwork. 
Um, I always loved singing. I was in choir, and uh, we took a choir field trip to go see Phantom of the Opera. And awesome. as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, I want to act. Like, this is awesome. And um, so then I, I joined theater um, and started doing that. Um, I decided when I decided I wanted to do like on camera work and like actually branch out of just, um, on stage work was this is totally, totally lame. Totally lame. <laughs> All right. This is a warning. It's lame. Um, and I never watched the show Dawson's Creek. I didn't watch the show, oh, but I was watching for some reason. I know I was watching the behind the scenes of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> And there was this interview with Katie Holmes, and she was, like, talking about how she did, like, theater in high school and stuff like that. And I was watching going, oh, my God, I want to do that. This is so cool. And, like, I got this, like, hardcore, just, like, overwhelming urgency to get an agent and start acting professionally. And I called my mom immediately, and I was like, oh, I want to be an actor. And then I called, and she's like, well, I don't know how to do that, but see <laughs> what you can do. And I went to school, and I talked to my theater director, and I was like, I want to be an actor. I want to get an agent. And she's like, you're too young. Wait till college. And that totally sucked to get told that. But um, then Skip I waited till teacher. college, and then I went and got an agent and started acting professionally. Right out of high school, right? Yeah, right out of high school. Yeah, it was the same for me, too. Um, I just remember being an ADHD kid that was uh, horrible in school. I uh, couldn't sit still, couldn't pay attention. But when it came to creative things, I, you know, I, I could draw really well. So I thought I was going to be an artist for a while. And then, you know, I saw my first musical as well and, and really uh, took a liking to that because it was just wild and zany and, you know, louder, faster, funnier is kind of the, the thing that they preach there. Um, so I actually switched. Uh, at, at the end of elementary school to go to a middle school that had like a better fine arts program and then a high school that had, you know, musicals and stuff like that and did that all the way through high school and tried for a theater scholarship at uh, TCU in Fort Worth and, and got that. And so uh, I started off with like a musical theater uh, emphasis and quickly shifted just more into straight acting and then voice acting. And Laura and I actually had the both, uh, we both had the same talent agent and in Dallas. In Dallas, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were both doing commercials and random TV and film stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so from your stage work to your work uh, doing voice acting, voiceover, um, has there been a difference, a noticeable difference in the types of roles you get, say, on stage or on screen versus what you get uh, doing Anime, really. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, I don't think I'd ever on camera be cast to play, you know, a five-year-old boy. Uh, call me crazy. Um, or, I, I mean, I would never get a role like Lust on camera either. You know, that would go to somebody much more endowed than I. Um, so, yeah, it's that, that's the beautiful thing about voice acting is that you can be anything. I mean, you can just, the possibilities are endless. I mean, I can never play Colonel Roy Mustang, but... Well, who can? I mean, really? Really. Yeah, the possibilities are endless. I, I look a little bit more like I like I sound, so I, I guess it's... it's uh, I fall into, like, a smaller percentage, but um, I usually get cast as, like, the big intimidating sound or the military sound, and on right. camera I get cast as that as well. I get cast as police officers and, you know, soldiers and stuff like that. Um so that so that happens, which is strange because it's it really couldn't be any further from what I really am, which is an absolute goof ass. You know, I'm <laughs> <laughs> like the least serious person Nerd. on the planet. 
planet. You know, I grew up reading comic books and loving Dragon Ball Z and watching Thundercats and Voltron. And, you know, I played some sports, but I was not diehard or intimidating or mean by any stretch of the imagination. And, Laura, I kind of wanted to ask you, because before the convention, I was doing my, my research, and I was looking at IMDb and all the different roles you played. And uh-huh. I, I keep going down the list, and I'm like, yeah, I knew she was her. I was like, wait, she did that voice and that voice? I'm like, there's a five-year-old boy, there's a schizophrenic girl from right. Texas, you know, there's Lust, there's Chun-Li, and I'm like, how on earth does she do all this? <laughs> what, how do you stay so versatile as an actor? Uh, you know, I think it, it honestly came from... Um, doing the choir work, you know, that I did beforehand and, and getting those voice lessons to increase my range. Uh, and so it just, it just helps, you know, to be able to, to talk in that low sexy voice, but also be able to do a kid voice, you know? And I, I really think that when I first got cast at Funimation, it was for, um, well, first it was Dende, which <laughs> we won't talk about. Um, but then I got the part of Kid Trunks, and that was my real, like, bulk of my work right when I first got cast. And being cast as, like, a little boy right off the bat, I think opened the door for doing a whole bunch of stuff because I didn't get cast into, like, this one range right off the bat. It was so different from my own voice that they they still auditioned me for everything else, you know. If I had gone in and I had originally played Videl, then they would have thought, that's my voice type, and that's what I would have get, gotten stuck mm-hmm. doing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the voice, actually voice lessons are, are very important. A lot of people, you know, come up to us and they're like, how do you get to be a, a voice actor? Or even more specifically, you know, I want to be an anime voice actor. And Really? We can, we can appreciate that. It's just that it... it it's not the right mindset to have because anime is such a, a niche thing and anybody that's in voiceover is already an actor to begin with. So we try to correct them in the mindset of, you know, don't just try and, you know, star in the anime that you enjoy or that, yeah. you know, this is the kind of thing that you want to work in. You can do that, but you need to be able to act as well, whether it's mm-hmm. on stage or in front of the camera. So we encourage people to... And I know. understand not being want, not wanting to be in front of people, like just wanting to be a voice actor. I understand that, yeah. but you still have to train to be able to do that as well. And really, anybody that, that does want to be just a, an anime voice actor, you really need to open, like, the, the door to everything else, too. Because outside of anime, there's, you know, video games, there's original animation, there's promo work, there's car- there's commercials. Um, and as a voice actor, we do all of all that. Of yeah. Like, the agent that I have in, in California represents me on all levels, you know. So I do commercials, too. It's just... You know, the anime fans don't hear that work. You know, they don't realize that that's also something that we're going to be doing. You're on one that's on right now. Yeah, KFC. She has a KFC commercial that's running for the Susan G. Susan G. Komen. That's right. Buckets for the Cure. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, Have that's you? Right. Yeah, that's, that's her that's doing me. the voiceover. <laughs> my, my wife's uh, very big into the breast cancer awareness stuff mm-hmm. because her... Her mother died from breast cancer mm-hmm. back in 2000, so she's really big into that. And we're like, oh, they're doing that. We should, we should go to the KFC. Eat really greasy food and promote breast cancer. <laughs> That'll be great. <laughs> it's good. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, please hear our article about the double down as well. <laughs> Dude, I haven't tried it yet, but it looks kind of amazing. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Um, Anyway, getting back to telling you. <laughs> as, as actors, what's more fulfilling for you individually? Um, is it being a, you know, on screen where people can see your face, even if it's a smaller role? Or is it 
know, as voice actors where you can do something that's perhaps a bit more iconic where your voice is out there more, but people don't necessarily know your face. I think it depends on the role. I mean, it's always a little bit of a thrill. It's a different thrill to be on camera, you know, because you get to see it and people get to, you know, they'll call you and be like, hey, I saw you on TV or I saw you in the it's theater. Awesome. And that's always fun. It's not exactly fulfilling, but it's it's its own little thrill. I think any role where you really get to connect to the character, like you really feel that you're putting a lot of yourself into it and you feel like the work is good and, you know, you don't walk out of the sessions or, you know, uh, listen to it later and go, oh, God, what is really? this? That's that's the stuff that we really like. So every once in a while there's a character that comes along, like you really feel that you get to test yourself, you get to do something that you haven't done in a while. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that we really look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. When I started, I really thought that, on-camera work is what I really wanted to do. And then after I moved out to California, and really, because in Dallas, you know, the the bulk of my voiceover work was anime. You mm-hmm. know, Funimation, that's where I recorded, and I would go in. And it was like almost like a regular day job because we did so much recording there, and it was a 9 to 5 mm-hmm. recording process every single day. And, um, and I didn't – I don't think I realized um, – how awesome it was that I was doing that because it, it did turn into like more of a normal job. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out to California and, and I got to work in all of these different studios and it's a completely different environment every single day, I, I've grown to just absolutely love voice acting and I haven't even pursued any kind of on-camera work since I got out to California just because voice acting is so rewarding in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, how often have, uh, have either of you actually gotten roles and stuff that you were already a fan of? Ha ha! Ha Oh, gosh! I know. Oh. There, for Laura, there's like three or four that Things uh, going on right now yeah. that I am a huge fan of and, and I so can't talk about. And it's so frustrating because it's like things that I've been working on now for a year and a half on some of these projects. Maybe almost two years and I can't talk about it. Yeah. It's there's so <laughs> hard. There's like three or four for both of us. It sucks. Um... I get, you know, I, like Laura said, obviously I was a huge fan of Dragon Ball Z before I ever started voice acting. I saw all the episodes and now I'm dating, get drunks, what's up? Uh, and, uh, <laughs> uh, they, they're doing Dragon Ball Z Kai, which is, you know, basically the entire series, which is, you know, 300 or whatever, how many episodes of Dragon Ball Z down to a hundred. And, uh, Damian Clark, who plays Scar and FMA and played Cell, and the original series isn't isn't coming back to uh, to do those anymore. So I get to take over the role of of Cell. I get, I've mimicked enough of his performance for them to to let me do the video games <laughs> and series. And for my little nerd heart, that is awesome. <laughs> which is which is also added a little added bonus because being a fan of the show where everybody gets to scream these huge battle attack commands, Cell having a Cell from all these different warriors gets to yell out everybody's fighting attacks. So I'm uh, I'm loving myself at the moment. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but it's making you realize I like how hard work. Oh fun, my like, god! Dragon Ball Z was being the first thing I ever did. I didn't realize how different it was than a lot of other anime. But dang, that show hurts yeah, when you record it. You might it. as well it wear painful. workout clothes because yeah, you come out of there sweat. sweating with a headache. I mean, more more than one actor passed out while they were powering up for their super. <laughs> The screams are a minute long, and you just keep going, and it's like, what will this um, Veins are popping yeah, out, your yeah. eyes are bloodshot. It's hard work. And, it, like, they'll let it run, you know, like, 
it'll just be on screen. Okay, okay, you're going to be having a fight. You're punching really fast. You're going to throw in some kicks. Let's watch it one time. All right, now just react to picture go. And it'll just, you react to the fight. You just do whatever they're doing on screen. <laughs> and I mean, I just, I'm going to get sweaty now. It's ridiculous. Is it, is it easier or harder in, in the booth or on stage when you're in something that you're already a fan of? I don't know. Honestly, being, well, being a fan of something might actually be harder sometimes because you want it to be so good that you like put the pressure you want, on yeah you want that perfection while you're recording it you want it to be something that you're really proud of and that the fans will be proud of and hopefully they won't hate you um, and think that they destroyed you destroyed something that they love um, and sometimes it can make you really nervous if you're going in and working with people that you're a fan of and then you go in the room and you're like oh my god I'm recording with this person you know Oh, I was that way. I, I went in for, it was just, uh, we were doing Case Closed at Funimation, and, and Chris Abbott was my director, and I had never met him before, and, you know, he's the voice of Vegeta and Piccolo and, you know, nine billion other characters in Dragon Ball Z, and I walk in, and he's like, hey, dude, what's up? I'm Chris Abbott. I'm like, oh, oh my God. I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, and we, like, start to work and everything, and I, it was honestly kind of crap, because I was just busy listening to this this dude's deep voice, and I'm like, man, I'm I'm sorry. You're Vegeta, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, dude, I am. And I'm like, can you, um, <laughs> can you, can you say something in Vegeta's voice? He's like, really? <laughs> if it's not too much trouble, he's like, final flight. And I was like, oh, no, that was awesome. <laughs> okay, no, 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 you can back work. Okay. <laughs> but going in when, like, when we did Street Fighter, I was so nervous going into the session for Chun Li because. It was the first time in any game that they've had the English voices, you know, in Street Fighter 4. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted it to be so good. And I knew, like, going in, I was looking at the character, and I knew she was, you know, a cop, and she's super tough, and she's beating everybody up. And then the voice they were asking of me is this super sweet, girly sound. And I was like, oh, but am I going to, are they going to like it? And I, you just have to do it, because that's what, you know, the, the Japanese director is there, and your your American director is there, and they're all... Telling you what they want, and so you just do what they ask and hope that the fans react well to it. Yeah, and they like it. So along those lines, uh, with Street Fighter Four and Super Street Fighter Four, which just came out and completely mm-hmm. shot my productivity. <laughs> um, how is that different as opposed to regular uh, voiceover work? Because you know you're you're doing a lot of you know calling out the attacks, you know, Sonic Boom and right. all this other stuff. You know, over and, and something that you know, as a player, they're going to be hearing over and over and over again. Is is that a different process? It's a much shorter process when you're r- working on a uh, an action game, a fighting game like that. You know, you end up doing what, like six hours of recording, I think, is what I did for the first game, yeah. and that was including the animation stuff within the game. Um, it it was actually pretty fast. It's I a was, fast process. I was surprised how fast Street Fighter went. You know, because. Again, it was that kind of pressure that we put on ourselves. We're like, oh my God, we want to make it good. And, uh-huh. you know, for me, it was like, okay, so I get to say Sonic Boom. That's, that's pretty awesome. You know, never been said by an American person. And we got to it and it said Sonic Boom. And they're like, okay, just give us one. And I did it. And they're like, all right, cool, moving on. I'm like, wait, what? what? <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to say it again. What? Just, just once? They're like, yeah, that was great. I'm like, oh, okay. And that's the Sonic Boom that's in every game. And it did it one time. I was like, wow, that was, that was way not, easier not than I expected. <laughs> Anticlimax. Can you play it back? I don't even remember what I said. 
Now, do um, you guys take time to play any of the games or anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We played we played Street Fighter 4. Totally so, yeah, they at it. gave us our copy of it. We sat down, and she played as Chun-Li. I played as Guile. And we Beat each other up. took turns, like, slamming into each other and knocking <laughs> each other out. And what sucks, though, is I, I'm so not good at the game, I can't do any of the super moves, so I don't even hear half the stuff that I do in the game. Just button mashing. I know. We, we like, we have All I'm hearing is, eh, eh. Yeah, we have the guide out, and we're, like, trying to do the joystick moves or whatever, and we don't know how fast to do it. We don't have, you know, we're none of the timings down, so we can't make our characters say anything. <laughs> like, whatever. And I was disappointed, because you record, like, four or five of these, you know, beginning of the fight things, and all I can get Guile to say is, mission start. And I'm like, come on, man! different! What kind of games do you guys like to play? I love uh, RPGs. We're different. Yeah, we're, we play different sorts. I play RPGs. I love, you know, like... Dragon Age, I love Mass Effect, I love... EverQuest. I, I played some EverQuest, too. Oh, I'm going to... Um, I'll throw you, you out there. I'm the um, boss, baby. <laughs> I, uh... Final Fantasy. Really like that one. I play Sims a lot. A lot. My house is amazing! In the last two years, how many think how many houses do you think you built in Sims? I have I've recreated I always put myself and all my friends in the game. I, I can't stand just creating characters. I always like I have a little mini Travis in the game and our neighbor Troy, he's in my game. He's totally flashy. Um Houses, don't avoid the answer. And I've <laughs> I think my people don't end up living in their house more than like three weeks. In game time. In game time, three weeks, which is like, what, like, yeah, like two days maybe (laughs) of real life. So, She goes through houses quite quickly, and and each one is even more of a masterpiece. I just like building houses. It's so fun. They're amazing and lovely, and (laughs) there's all these different styles. I have, like, little Spanish villas and a cute little, like, cottage and then a modern... Okay, you're done. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I play, I don't play as many RPGs. More of mine are first-person shooters, so, like... Battlefield, Bad Company, obviously both the Modern Warfare's, um, Splinter Cell, uh, we just picked up, actually, we just played this game, Just Cause, Just Cause 2, and it's kind of like, you know, Grand Theft Auto meets, you know, I don't know, Modern Warfare, it's just like flying around, I think the whole purpose of the game actually is just to create chaos, mm-hmm. it's pretty ridiculous and awesome, uh, so <laughs> a lot of those type of games, Army and 2, those sort of things. So, talking about uh, some of those iconic characters like a Guile, a Chun Li, Roy Mustang, um, Kid Trunk. So I can go on and on. I could go all day. But anyway, from from a fan perspective, we obviously know what it's like. It's like, oh my god, it's Guile, Jelly. <laughs> but for actors, what what is it like for you to be associated, you know, in the fans' mind with those roles? Do you ever think, oh come on, man, I've done more stuff than that? There's, I guess there's sometimes that you're like, oh, I wish people would have watched this show because I'm really proud of this character. I'm really proud of the, the, the way that show turned out and it ended up not being a huge fan favorite. And you're like, oh, that's too bad. But most of the time when you have a character that does become that popular, it's something that you already really enjoyed. So you're excited that somebody else is excited about it. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you get characters like Chun-Li or Roy Mustang or Lust or, you know, uh, Toru or whatever. And they'll, at, you know, you'll get some conventions where people ask, you know, a billion questions about Fullmetal Al- Alchemist or Fruits Basket or whatever. And there are a lot of times where we have characters in lesser known shows that we really liked and nobody asks questions about them. And you know that you have great stories that go with that as well. But, you know, 
it's just like each one of your characters means something different to you and represented something different to you at that time. And, you know, the difference between Roy Mustang and, you know, the Hulk and Superhero Squad couldn't be, you know, any further apart, further apart. But, you know, they each have their, you know, their own stories and their own, you know, zest to themselves. Yes. So what was your uh, first experiences in anime convention like? <laughs> uh, mine were bad. I oh bad. Bad like bad as in like the stories are just ridiculous. Oh, I I didn't. My first convention I ever went to was Dragon Con in. Is it? At <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And uh, so I. Had, oh my! Oh my! That's a weird one to have as your first. Right? Yeah. That's an experience. That's a so it was honestly that con apparently was the largest gathering of stormtroopers in history. There were more stormtroopers at that convention than there were on set ever on any of the films. Um, so, yeah, it was totally crazy. You walk into a restaurant and it's just like you're walking onto the cafeteria in the Death Star because it's just, it's all the like companies of star. But so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, seeing Chewbacca eating, you know, and Han Solo and Darth Vader sitting over across the room. Right. It's pretty neat. And I had never, I, I had never been to a con, but it was right after FMA started airing. So people were already like, I guess looking out for me because I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been to these cons and I just told the story in a, in a panel a while ago, but it was like I walked into the lobby of this convention with my luggage and it was like I walk in and Raccoon City's over here, Gumby's over here, Vegeta's talking to Sailor Moon, you know, it's just like, what's going on? And some girl over by the elevators, you know, spotted me and yelled out, Mustang! And she just starts running across the lobby, right? <laughs> And she actually, like, left her feet, like, lunged at me. And I didn't know what she was doing, so I turned my shoulder and like, knocked her to the ground. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I was trying to glomp you. And I'm like, what? Well, what is a glomp? What's a glomp? She's like, it's a tackle hug or whatever. I'm like, that was not a hug. <laughs> picked her up, you know. no way Told her to move on. But it was just like, <laughs> the, the experiences were so strange because, you know, everybody's walking around in costumes and, you know, some are cool and some It's totally some crazy. We were, just, and, we were just sitting down in the in the restaurant here at the hotel yesterday and I was looking out at the courtyard and just looking around and I'm like this is crazy I mean this is totally this is totally weird and you totally forget when you start coming to cons a lot that this is really different than any other environment it's it's so crazy I took my like digital camera and camcorder to the first couple cons I went to when I come back and show them to my friends they're like where were what you? Is this? What is this? So confused. Is this Comic Con in San Diego? I'm like, no, this is Denver. <laughs> so, as far as coming back to conventions year after year, because Travis, this is not your first radio here at Intact. Neither is it yours, Laura. Right. Uh, what keeps you coming back to various conventions? What's your What's your motivation? You know, it, a lot of the times it's. We have a lot of a lot of shows. You're right? Why the heck are Why we? Why are we here? Exactly. What question. is going on? Why are we here? What's the question? What's your motivation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we are nerds ourselves. Yes, so quite. we're we're both fans. We both uh, understand, and and a lot of the times it's you know there are people here that that we haven't been able to see in a while. Sometimes it's city a city we've never been to, mm-hmm. and if we've been to a, a convention before and we come back, um, like Laura was here in two thousand and seven or something. And, I have no clue what when I was here before, but I know I was here. They brought us back before, and you know we make we, you know we have a great time with the staff, and we make friends mm-hmm. with the con chairs, and you know it, it's an opportunity to come back and see people that we haven't seen in a Hang while. Out with and, friends, yeah, and we have a great time. Like you know? Sunny Strait is at this con, and I haven't seen him in forever, and it's totally wonderful to see him. Yeah, Jan Scott Fraser's here. I haven't seen mm-hmm. her in forever, and I mean it's just 
it, it's a cool opportunity to, to to go to places and see people that you you know normally wouldn't get to see. It's a free trip. Why not? That's a free trip. Yay! <laughs> I'm in Nashville. So, um, as far as just your personal lives go, what's the biggest drawback to your careers? Um. Okay. As an actor, there's never security. Uh, so good answer. Um, you know, I by the hour we probably make more than a lot of people, but you never know when your next job is going to be. And that depends so, on the project. Yeah, it depends on. Sometimes it does not pay. That does not relate to anime in any yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, that anime, comment does not. Anime is on the low end ever. of the pay scale for sure. Video but, games, um, original animation, maybe, but <laughs> not anime. Um. But, yeah, you're constantly worrying about, uh, oh, gosh, okay. Uh, well, okay, I have money now, but if I don't work for three months, am I going to have enough to cover that? Because you really always have to have some chunk set aside just in case something happens and you don't book a job for forever, then you know that you'll be able to take care of yourself. Yeah, for so instance. So that's a scary thing. Like Street Fighter, you know, I recorded Street Fighter, the first one, Street Fighter 4, in one day. You know, exactly. less, in less than half a day. I mean, you can be excited about a project, but Street Fighter, I mean, that was one of our quickest recording processes in a long time, mm-hmm. so. And, you know, I have a friend who does, you know, stock trading, a hedge fund manager, and he's like, man, you have the coolest <laughs> job. There was one time we came over and, you know, we were having a barbecue, and I was like, today... I was a crazy mutant uh, assassin. I auditioned to be a talking panda, and then I was a woman. You know, <laughs> and he's like, "Man, you have the best job in the world." And I was like, "Yeah, but I don't know what tomorrow's going to be like, or what right. next week's going to be like." So that's that's kind of where the tricky thing comes in. Is you know, we're pursuing this because we actively love it. You know, we're creative. We want to express ourselves, and this is what's in our soul, and it's what really makes us feel whole. But you know, you're still auditioning. Nothing's yeah. a guarantee. Yeah, it's a really hard process to every day go in for a job interview every single day and wonder, oh, gosh, am I going to get this one? Because there are so many projects I auditioned for that I want so much. I just did an audition. I just did a callback for something, and I'm like, please, 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 please let it happen. I want this one so bad. And you just have no idea. And then you might never even hear from it because they never call you and tell you if you don't get the job. You just wonder, well, I guess they cast it and I never heard about it. Yeah, it's just so as much sad. just as much risk in this career as anything else. God, I remember when the auditions came through for Mass Effect 2 and I was like, oh my God, I want this. I was freaking out and I didn't get the part, obviously. But yeah. uh, can you say who you auditioned for for Mass Effect 2? Yeah, I auditioned for Jack. No. But they didn't tell us at the time. I didn't. I, I didn't know what the setup for the game was going to be. Mm-hmm. So my audition sounded very similar to what Jennifer Hale did, mm-hmm. um, because I thought that that was the kind of character I was auditioning for. I didn't know that she was actually like a young twenties, you know, crazy chick. So um, now, Travis, you do tri- triathlons, correct? Wow! Hey! Yes, yeah, I do. Such. You are informed, man. <laughs> <laughs> First, yeah, interview ask. question about triathlons. <laughs> I'm all ears. <laughs> so, uh, what? When did you uh, start running triathlons? Uh, I started doing them last year. My my cousin lives down in San Diego, and he's been doing them for four or five years or whatever. And kind of threw throughout the gauntlet a little bit, like a little bit of a challenge. You, know, right. you need to get up off the couch and and try one of these things. And you know, at the time. I, I couldn't even conceive of, you know, swimming and then biking and then running, much less for long distances. And uh, last year we trained 
We we did like four triathlons last year, and the longest one uh, was in October, and it was like a mile swim, a 25-mile bike ride, and then a 6.2-mile run. And for someone as large as myself and who's not really that athletic, that was a, a lot to train up for. Athletic. Well, I'm athletic, but not I'm not an endurance athlete. Right. Like, I swam in high school, and I played some football and stuff like that, but... You know, this is hours of, you know, constant racing. So um, there was a lot of training that led up to that, and I kind of got addicted to it, you know. I, I got I got a really fast bike, and now I can't stop buying stuff for it. And- he's on <laughs> eBay every five minutes. He's on eBay looking for new bike parts. See, if, to, to, Ridiculous. to the RPGers out there, I am constantly upgrading. I am leveling up <laughs> my right. bike at all times. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Um <laughs> He's adding plus two dexterity. Absolutely. <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, and so we've started doing them again this year, and now the distances are getting longer. And it's just – it's kind of one of those things that I just, I just want to see if I can do it, you know. I just want to And he's it. really good at it. He Thanks. got first place in, like, how many of the – Two. I won two last he year. He won two of them in his yeah. division. It's ridiculous. And he just started last year. So that's pretty cool. So cycling your strongest event? Swimming is my is my strongest. Uh, I'm a very slow land mammal. Uh, <laughs> I swim really fast. My bike is okay, and my run is <laughs> really slow. <laughs> I kind of want to kill myself on the run. Like, oh, will this ever end? <laughs> We're gonna start t- calling you the turtle then. Call me turtle. I'm good with it. You can call me the tortoise. All right. Well, um, I appreciate you both coming on. Big fans, hey, uh, man, obviously. Thank you. But uh appreciate all your hard work. Our and pleasure. Hope to talk to you again. Thank you. Rockin'.